If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 597. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders. Free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to McClanahanAcademy.com. Always free to enroll. Get that free class 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll. Also, you can support the show by clicking on the support tab at BrianMcClanahan.com. Throw a few pennies my way. Keep the lights on. You can get a book wherever books are sold online. I've written uh, a number of them. My latest two are The Jeffersonian Tradition and Southern Scribblings. Both great books. You can get those online. You can also... Support the show by clicking on the, on the shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get my logo on all kinds of cool stuff like this shirt, but all kinds of other stuff too. So it's a great way to support the show. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. And uh, the best way to support it, if you want to do something that's free of charge, just rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Share it around on social media. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. And send me those show requests. I do read them. I do enjoy seeing what you want me to talk about. And you never know, one of your ideas might end up on this very show. Now, today's topic is something I found to be interesting. I think somebody sent me this link at some point. Somebody asked me about a part of this interview, but I wanted to focus on the entire interview itself in a couple of different ways. And what I'm talking about is a February interview between Heather Cox Richardson, who is a a historian, quote-unquote, and Joe Biden. Now, just think about this for a second. Heather Cox Richardson teaches at Boston University. She is considered to be one of the most important historians in the United States. Her YouTube channel has several hundred thousand subscribers. She has written books that are very popular. She's appeared in all kinds of things, media, uh, written and visual she has a series of videos on YouTube on American history. She did a, ser- a history of the Republican Party. But here is the thing about Heather Cox Richardson. And she is just like someone like John Meacham or Arthur Schlesinger. She is a court historian. She's Doris Kearns Goodwin, a court historian. These are the people that uh, ingratiate themselves, these powerful political figures, and most of the time end up propping up the leftists, the activists, the American kings, because they know if they slop at that trough, they're going to get some of the scraps, right? Some of the fame, some of the fortune. Now, I'm not certain that Heather Cox Richardson is going to get wealthy off of uh, supporting Joe Biden. But certainly, if she monetizes any of her videos on YouTube, she's going to make a little bit of cash. And if she does anything else... She's going to get invited speaking fees, all kinds of things, right? She's going, to, she's going to do well being a court historian. And she's going to create many myths, but this is the thing. These court historians are all activists. It's what they are. Heather Cox Richardson is an activist and a bad historian at that. 
Many times she says things are just completely stupid. In fact, in this particular interview, she says something where she answers her own question, which I laughed out loud about. And same thing with Biden. He said a couple of things I absolutely laughed out loud. Because these are the things that you get when you have the court historians interviewing and they're just enamored with the glitz and glamour and Biden. If I'll show you this in the White House. I'll show you this in the White House. I've been here in the White House. I was this. I mean, these people are really infatuated with power. And Richardson may not, may not realize she is, but she is. She's infatuated with power. She likes to be liked by the political class. She's one of them. She's an establishment person. And the establishment is the narrative of the proposition nation, American democracy, these stupid terms that are often thrown around that have no meaning anymore. In fact, I put a quote up by Heather Cox Richardson, which I found to be absolutely laughable on my social media account, if you follow me on Twitter, where she essentially bought into the lie that Lincoln was a man of the people. Is she studying the same Abraham Lincoln that everybody else studied that where even the court historians recognize that Lincoln was a corporate lawyer. Lincoln was defending slave owners and getting their runaway slaves back. But no, no, no. Lincoln and the Republican Party, the history of the Republican Party was about helping the lower, the, the common man. This is what it's all about. Which common man? Which one? I mean, this is the question. I don't think Cox Richardson really has a firm grasp of American history. And yet, she is the Boston professor that knows American history. She has done some really bad work. And much of her popular stuff is just completely stupid. Including this interview, by the way. So I saw this interview, and I think it's gotten you 500,000 views on YouTube. It's a 30-minute interview with Joe Biden. And it's heavily edited. There's lots of cuts in it where they had to sure edit out stupid stuff Joe Biden said. And thing where he rambled on like Grandpa. Nobody knows what he's talking about. They cut a lot of that stuff out. And... Biden, of course, everyone, if you look at Biden, you know he's had plastic surgery. Um, he, he, looks, he looks like it. He's all image. In fact, that comes out in this particular interview. I mentioned this before with Joe Biden. Joe Biden and Abraham Lincoln have a lot in common. And Cox Richardson thinks they do too, but not for the reasons I'm going to say right here. Joe Biden and Abraham Lincoln have a lot in common because they're both a bunch of liars. Abraham Lincoln was known as Honest Abe. Honest Abe always told a lie. You can never believe anything Lincoln said. Lincoln was a court lawyer who closed. And he closed because he was like slipping Jimmy McGill in Better Call Saul. He's like Saul Goodman. He'd make stuff up. You can't, you can't trust anything that comes out of his mouth. And he liked to tell tall tales. And everyone knew this about Lincoln. Everyone knew that Lincoln lied a lot. He was a quintessential American politician. You know who else does that? Joe Biden. Joe Biden tells tall tales. He, he tells stories to try to get you, well, this is what it was. For example, the story of his first wife being killed in a car accident. Supposedly, the guy that hit him was a drunk driver. He wasn't. But he tells this tall tale everywhere he goes on the campaign trail. He's, he tells the story that the guy was drunk, but he wasn't. You see, what's he doing there? Well, he's trying to create an empathetic response to the situation. Well... This is what happened. The guy drank his lunch, he'll say. This is what he, the guy drank his lunch, but he didn't. It was an accident. A tragic one at that, but an accident. And the man should not be disparaged for an accident that happens. Okay? The other tall tale, and he did this during the interview. He, well, my son, 
you know, my son Bo, great. Let, let me tell you about Bo. He was a major in the army, and he uh, he you know did all these great things. Uh, came back from from the Gulf War, and Bo pulled me aside and looked me in the eye and said, "Dad, are you going to be okay? Dad, are you?" Gonna... I highly doubt this happened. I highly doubt that happened at all. Uh, Joe Biden tells ta- tall tales, or and he brings up, well, you know, my dad said this, this, and this to me when I was. I'm sure his dad didn't say any of that stuff. In fact, I almost guarantee he didn't say any of these things. But yet, Joe Biden will say he did, and we know that Joe Biden is a liar because he's been caught in other ones. For example, in the 1980s, Joe Biden was hammered for plagiarism. He plagiarized just about every speech he got. So we know Joe Biden's a liar. The left even pointed this out back in the 1980s. They ran him out of, out of the presidential uh, debates and the process, the nomination process, because he was a liar. They did it over and over again. And yet somehow we're supposed to believe these very folksy, homestun stories that, that Joe Biden tells. I mean, they're stupid. Absolutely ridiculous. So Biden and Lincoln have a lot in common that way. They both lie. So let me get into this interview uh, it was the interview was scheduled on the day that Biden nominated his most recent Supreme Court justice nominee, which we'll see what happens with that. I'll get into that perhaps in another podcast. But Biden has asked a whole bunch of questions, and I took notes on a couple of things here because I want to focus on these things and where we have some real disconnect with Joe Biden and his understanding of history. And Heather Cox Richardson just sits there and nods her head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is right. So Biden begins with, he says, he says this. Uh, he was out on a, on a running around with Xi of China, right? Emperor Xi, essentially. And um, they, were, they were doing things. And he talks about when I was vice president, I did the... So they were out there and spent weeks together through interpreters. And Xi asked him to said, you know, um, what, can you define America in one word? And Biden leans in. Yes, I can. Possibilities. America is a place of possibilities. And it's a, it's a great place of possibilities. Now, in, in many ways, I mean, look, anybody that lives in the United States, you can get on board with that. Doesn't matter who you are. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's got a lot of possibilities here. There are things that we can do here. I mean, you wake up in the morning. We, we believe in that, right? We believe that everybody in America can do something. Now, uh, if you listen to the left, though, that's not the case. Biden is actually saying something that is very non-leftist in some ways. And this is why Biden was always someone that was always expected to be that some conservatives would vote for Biden because he'd say things like this. If you're someone on the hard left, you would say, no, no, America is a place of victimhood, Right. All these, there's no possibilities for people that live in these food deserts, they call them, or and all these horrible things they grow. There's no possibilities for those people. They're just going to be stuck in that forever unless we spend government money to help them get out. There's no possibility there. They don't, they don't have possibilities. They have crime and poverty and everything else. So Biden even saying that is a little bit interesting to me because he, in some ways he could alienate the far left just by saying that. But the other thing he said that would appeal to every neoconservative in America, every Straussian in America. He said this, we're the only nation that came about out of the consequences of an idea. Now, what he just said there, and then he followed up with something, and I'll talk about that in a minute. What he just said there, we, we were born out of the consequences of an idea. 
And he said this, an idea. He got you know, real into the camera. His face, is his uh, plastic surgery uh, eyes there you know, went back. An idea. It's kind of funny if you watch it, actually. In fact, I might you know, clip that and just put that picture up there because it's, it's, it's typical Joe Biden you know, looking silly. Now, that's the proposition nation nonsense of America. And he followed it up with this. And the idea that we know is all men and women are created equal, that they're endowed. Now, listen, look what he just did there. He didn't quote the declaration directly. He added all men and women. Now, where is that? Well, it's not in the Declaration. It's in the Declaration of Sentiments coming out of the Seneca Falls Convention in the 1840s. A speech, by the way, or a document, by the way, I cover in 26 speeches that changed America at McClanahan Academy. But that's where that comes from. It doesn't come out of the Declaration. It comes out of the Declaration of Sen- Declaration of Independence. It comes out of the Declaration of Sentiments. So what Biden has done there, yeah, the idea is not from 1776. It's, it's, in, it's actually, he's, he's admitting something. The idea that he talks about is not the idea from 1776. It's an idea of America from 1848, an idea of America from 1863, not from 1776, which was an entirely different understanding of equality, an entirely different situation. The idea comes out of 19th century progressives. And the Straussians and the neocons run around saying the exact same thing. It's tragic when you think about it, because Joe Biden is 100% correct in one way. Modern America, not the American founding, but modern America is based on that proposition nation. The American founding, no. Modern America, Yes, and that's because conservatives, quote-unquote, have used Harry Jaffa and adopted this distorted view of America and equality as conservative. Well, I guess if you think Elizabeth Cady Stanton is a conservative. This is my point when I was blasting the Straussians and the neocons in the 1776 Commission Report in Chronicles Magazine. It's what I was saying. They would agree with Joe Biden. And if you're agreeing with Joe Biden on this, you're not conserving anything. Not one thing. So that was one thing that stood out to me from the beginning. I mean, this is early on in the interview. Uh, he says that the American experience is based on an idea. I think when we start saying it now, we should say it like Joe Biden. So it's the idea of America that that we're criticizing, and an idea, of, an idea of America that's not in line with the real founding of America. So that was one thing that I found to be so funny. The other one, another, next, followed up a little bit later with another great lie. A great lie. The great lie, of course, is something he was just in, just in a speech, I think yesterday, when I'm recording this, the day before I recorded this, uh, where he talked about inflation. I mean, people don't understand inflation. They say it's coming from government, but it's not coming. It's a lie. He blamed it in this interview in February. Yeah, we have inflation, but you know what's been causing inflation? Inflation is because of supply chain problems in COVID, and now it's Russia. It's because of the, so in February, it was supply chain problems in COVID, and now inflation is because of Russia. So you see, inflation is never their fault. It's not because the government has printed $20 trillion in two years. No, that didn't cause inflation. It's not because the government started handing out money 
like it was candy at Halloween for two years. That's not it. It's because of supply chain problems, COVID, and Russia. You see, there's always some convenient scapegoat for government problems that government creates. And amazingly enough, uh, the AP is starting to hammer some of the corruption and problems in these big government programs. I'll, I'll talk about that again, too. I, I talked about it last week where uh, we have this corruption, this fraud, or two weeks ago. We have this fraud in, in government. It's embarrassing when the AP starts to write about it. And, of course, they were doing it to provide cover for Biden because they knew he was going to talk about it. You know, the, the Democrats, the, the administration will leak things they want to talk about, and then the AP will run after it. So they're going to be trying to triangulate and say, we're trying to clean up corruption. We know that there's corruption in this, but it's all caused by the Trump administration. We're trying to clean up their mess. But here, the Biden is out running around saying, inflation, no, 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 it's not caused by government spending money. It's not caused by printing money. No, no, this is caused by supply problems, which... Why are the supply problems there? Well, I mean, that's all because of COVID. It's all because of lockdown. Well, they don't say lockdowns anymore. It's because of Trump's policies that we had this. He was unprepared, didn't plan for these things, but I planned. And COVID, we couldn't help COVID, but I had a plan to end that. Of course, all the things that they've done have wrecked everything more. And then Ukraine and Russia, and I'll talk about this with foreign policy, he gets into that here, how bad he really is at his job. But that's all. Now we've got Russia as a problem here. It has nothing to do with government spending being through the roof. It has nothing to do with all the printing of money that's happened. No, no, no. It's because we have supply chain problems and COVID and Russia. That's it. Now, Heather Cox Richardson then said something which I, I mean, it was a, almost a paragraph. This is about her more than anything else and her ideas on what Biden is. So she said this. She says, I have described you as a transformational president who is recovering the traditional idea of American democracy that was established by Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt and Franklin Roosevelt. Now, let me just stop there and I'll continue the rest of the quote in a second. So she's saying that Joe Biden is a continuation. He's recovering the tradition of Lincoln and Roosevelt and Roosevelt. Now, in this way, this is her, this is her thesis of the Republican Party, that the Republican Party, in some ways, I think she would say is now the Democrats. Uh, she's trying to get away from this. Democrats were the old racist. The Democrats were actually the good guys. The modern Democrats were the good guys. And we were the old Republicans are now the modern Democrats. She's essentially buying into the flip narrative. That's what she's doing. And I, I've argued that the flip narrative isn't there. The Republicans are the same. The Democrats have just moved left, right? So when she says that, she in some ways is correct. Because Joe Biden is a continuation of things that Abraham Lincoln put in motion in 1861 when he assumed office. This is a main point in nine presidents who screwed up America. Now, I talk about a couple of presidents before that, Andrew Jackson and George Washington, and Lincoln abusing power just as they did on a couple of occasions, Jackson more than, than Washington, but uh, that that is... Lincoln's legacy, but certainly Lincoln was putting into motion the idea of the modern imperial presidency in 1861. She's 100% right about this, but she looks at it as a good thing. But was Lincoln, and loaded in this, of course, which she says that this is traditional idea of American democracy, that Lincoln somehow was interested in democracy, and the South were a bunch of oligarchs. This is, again, the neocons 
The Straussians would all agree with this. The South were a bunch of, a bunch of oligarchs. They didn't really believe in democracy. They, they weren't Democrats. The North were all just Democrats. Look at them. Free soil, free labor, free men. Democracy. But we know that that's not the case with the Republican Party, that a lot of the people that were involved in the Republican Party were big businessmen, big financiers, big banks, big industry. All of that was there. And even people like Thad Stevens, the great commoner, was making a boatload of cash on the war by selling iron to the United States military. Okay, so crony capitalism was all over the place, and it wasn't about the common man. And the same thing with the modern Democrat Party. It's not about the common man. It's about the big money donors and woke identity politics and then pandering to a group of people to get them to vote for you. Now, I'm not saying the Democrats don't follow through on some of their idiotic suggestions, but when they do that and it boomerangs back, boomerangs back on them and it hurts them politically, they abandon those things because they know it's not going to work. In small sections, sure. I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez can play in parts of New York City, but at large across the United States, she wouldn't. She would not be palatable. Kamala Harris can play in parts of California because that's how idiotic those people are. But on the big stage, when she's actually exposed as being having about one brain cell, that she certainly was not a very brilliant person to begin with and only achieved her positions by positions, that would be uh, a clear indication that Kamala Harris can play in some areas but not across the United States at large. So let me continue this quote. She says, but I have suggested that you are also, and I'm going to paraphrase here, also doing something a little bit different, right? These people looked at transforming the American economy kind of from the bottom up, right? This is what they were doing. But you put your own spin on it, she said, focusing on children and families, unlike FDR, for example, or TR or Lincoln. And then she says, is that fair or did I invent this? She answered her own question. Lincoln didn't focus on families and democracy or anything else. His idea that government was of the people, by the people, and for the people is a fabrication. If he really believed that, the South would have gone in peace because they didn't want to be part of his government anymore. FDR, TR, focusing on the little guy? In what way? In what way? When you have bread lines, you run out of sugar, and the during the New Deal? Is that it? Because there's rationing and other things? I mean, Jimmy Carter even talks about this in An Hour Before Daylight. The small farmers were getting crushed by FDR. The big programs that FDR put in place only helped big businesses. So the little guy's getting help because he gets a job sweeping sidewalks in a cold winter? That's helping somebody out? What's been the end result of this? Which, of course, is not the rapid expansion of the middle class but the solidification of the wealthy and their positions of power because you saddle everybody else down with taxes and regulations and inflation and everything else. TR, man of the people. So yeah, she invented it. Is Biden a man of the people? Clearly not. Not a man of the people. Doesn't believe in the Middle class in America. He says he does, but he really doesn't. Of course, he tries to carry that. Well, I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Steel town. I, this is all steel. I, I, these are my people. Except I'm going to tell this guy who says, you're going to come take my, my uh, assault weapon, quote unquote, assault weapon. I'm going to go outside and take you outside behind the woodshed and beat you. Yeah, okay, whatever, Joe. I'm sure you'd do that. 
And then, of course, he talks about that. That was one thing that I found just absolutely hilarious. You know that uh, you know Heather Cox Richardson. Did I invent this? Yeah, you did. You invented a lot of things. You know, but uh, good thing that you that you admit you're making up history on the fly. So then Biden talks about when he comes into office. You know, there's he, he said I didn't. Most Americans don't know this, but there's a short period of time where president can come in and they can get the desk they want and they can change around. He says I just told my brother to do this. My brother's a smart guy. I told my brother. Oh, but then his brother had John Meacham come and do it. So here we got the court historian interviewing Biden and the court historian actually organizing Biden's office because it has to look historical. So where instead of Washington, they put FDR. and then But he does have Washington, smaller portrait of Washington and Washington and Lincoln and Jefferson and Madison. He's like, well, because Jefferson and Madison, you know, the, the local nature of government, he's trying to, this is Meacham trying to craft an image of Biden as a unifying figure. Well, he does believe in states' rights and local government. No, he doesn't. He doesn't believe in any of that. Except Biden did finally come out and say, we well, you know COVID response. I really can't do anything about this. Hey, didn't Trump say that for several months? Of course, but you criticize him. The general government's got to do all this stuff. So this is this is where um, Biden is image over substance, and that's what he's exact. I mean, look, Biden is has always been about image over substance. In fact, Biden said something also was funny. He said, "You know, um, when we got when we went from uh, Coolidge to Roosevelt, we had an idea that government was a problem and government was the solution." He said, "You can see the same thing between me and Reagan. Reagan government's the problem. I'm the solution. Government's the solution." So at least there he's admitting that you know Joe Biden believes that active government is what we need in America to solve all these problems. It's just that it's a waste, right? So this is why he's going to defend it. It's not all the money we're printing. It's not the big programs we've actually... No, no, no. It's supply chain. It's the private sector that's causing the problems. It's COVID that's... Co- well, why is COVID causing any problems? It's causing problems because you have everything being shut down. Uh, or it's Russia. Who's causing Russia? You. For four years, we didn't have any conflict in the Ukraine. When you were in office with Barack Obama, there was conflict in the Ukraine. You put in a puppet government to the United States and then threatened to use NATO there to to have Ukraine become part of NATO. Trump says, we're not going to do that. We're not going to have Ukraine become part of NATO. No way. We're not going to do that at all. So what what does Putin not do? He doesn't invade Ukraine. Ukraine stays independent. Left it alone. Now, of course, we do know there's two separatist areas of Ukraine that, that Putin wanted. And they wanted to be part of Russia. So we really believed in self-determination. Then those areas should have been able to become part of Russia. So this is where else he said some really stupid things. He said, you know, well, America first uh, is about um, essentially staying out of the world. America, it's, it's, about, uh, it's about going back on your alliances. And then he says, that's not how we operated before. Was well, this true? You know, about focusing on America and not worrying what everybody else does. That's not what America's always done. Is that true? For the first 80 years of American history, you go back and read those inaugural addresses, they talk about a non-interventionist foreign policy. That was the primary foreign policy of the United States for the first 80 years of U.S. history. Non-intervention. We aren't, we aren't getting involved in Europe. We're not doing it. That's the America tradition, right? Not what we're doing now, which is a product of Wilsonian democracy from the 20th century. Yes, since 1917, the United States has stuck its nose in Europe. And what's been the result? Well, how about almost endless war since 1917? In, in the first 80 years of American history, we had the War of 1812, which was caused by the British invading the United States. We had the War with Mexico, which was an imperialist war. 
That's a bad one. And of course, we had the uh, war for Southern independence. We had that war caused by the United States trying to force its will on people that didn't want to be part of it. Same thing with the war with Mexico, right? So we get all this territory. So they're both imperial wars. But that was the exception rather than the rule. Think about since 1898, the Spanish-American War. We had that. Then we were involved in the Filipino insurrection. Then the, then the Boer, the, the, the Boxer War, uh, the Boxer Rebellion in China. We're involved in that. Uh, then we're involved in a Latin America all over the place. We're invo- that was the Roosevelt corollary to the Monroe Doctrine. Then we're involved in Europe with World War I. Then uh, we're still involved in Latin America, even though we have the good neighbor policy. But then you get World War II. And then think about all the conflict after World War II. Tremendous conflict. And yet somehow America first is bad for America. I don't know. Maybe they... Maybe the hundreds of thousands of Americans that have been killed in these wars might think that maybe America first is a pretty good idea. But again, he's trying to sell the big lie that somehow NATO is a good thing. NATO is a great thing for America. We're going to defend every inch of NATO soil, but not our own borders. Right? This is how stupid this is, if you really think about it. And then he said this, which I thought was funny, and near the end, he said, you know... Most Americans know taxes aren't fair, man. They're not fair, man. This is what he said. Taxes aren't fair, man. I agree taxes aren't fair. They're way too high on the middle class. But not because. He's saying they're, they're not high enough on the wealthiest. It's also not fair that only 50% of, the, of Americans pay income taxes. If you want to look at fair, I mean, shouldn't everybody pay a tax? Shouldn't everybody pay income tax? That would be fair. But no, no, it's only fair uh, if certain people pay taxes and other people don't. So this speech was a shining example of, number one, the stupidity of the American political class. Number two, what masquerades as American history now is actually activism. and it's, People need to see that for what it is. I'm actually thankful that Heather Cox Richardson would do the interview because it shows she's not really an objective historian at all. She's not objective. She's biased. She's biased in horrible ways. And so knowing that is half the battle. This is what the problem with history is that people don't realize oftentimes that, well, these people are actually biased. They're writing it and they're biased. Now, people would say it about me. Well, okay, I'm open about my biases. Uh, You can get this every day. I'm open about it. But, you know, the historians that masquerade as objective historians, that's a real problem. And Heather Cox Richardson is one of those people. So are others like Doris Kearns Goodwin. uh, And these people are dangerous. They're dangerous. Kevin Cruz, all the Twitter historians that run around. Um, I mean, it's it's actually uh, very, very bad for American history to have these activist historians in the establishment class so, in, uh, so cuddling with each other so oftentimes because it creates a narrative history that's the distortion of what American history actually is. So I wanted to bring up this interview for that reason also to show, I mean, everyone knows Biden's a moron, but how important it is to understand what he's saying is is built on a distortion of American history created in part by people like Heather Cox Richardson. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. See you then.